Girlfriend, here is your show. Girlfriended, your chance to connect with other women, especially the woman that is most overlooked, yourself. Girlfriended is all about helping you become self-aware, not self-involved. The aim is to provide information that relates to life, which leads to real connections and results in a desire to connect or care for those in need. And now the women want to help you in more ways than you can count every day. From the website, GirlfriendIt.com, and the movement, GirlfriendIt, here are Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan on Toginet.com. Well, hello, 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 and welcome to GirlfriendIt. We do not have Lisa with us today. You're listening to Patty Wyatt, and today we're going to be talking about how do we lead, how well do we lead, and what type of style that we use when we lead. And if, if I were to go and ask your team or your coworkers, your family, your spouse, or even perhaps your friends, or your boss, how you lead, what kind of response would I get? So pause for a second and think about your answer. Do you dictate? Are you ordering everyone around? Do you tell others what to do? Not only what to do, but to do it your way. Even on the littlest things, a good measuring stick, do you tell others how to put the dishes in the dishwasher? Is everyone else, you know, an imbecile if they don't do it exactly the way that you have either taught them how to do it or um, just, that's just a perfect example is, is the dishes in the dishwasher because I hear that so often that, oh, my kids put the dishes in this way and it drives me crazy or my husband does this and we, we want them to to do it, but we don't give them the autonomy to do it the way they want to do it and use their choices and empower others. So how do you lead? And as you're thinking about that, we're going to go into what's in it for them, like truly leading when it benefits others and even go as far as saying dare to serve. Are you a servant leader? Over the last couple of decades, the servant leadership model has risen. And I, I find this a little comical because lean in, here's a little secret, the servant leadership, we have seen the example of this in the world's best-selling, most read, most printed, and the world's most distributed book, the Bible. So I guess it's safe to say that it's the world's best self-help book. We can definitely learn from the way Jesus led, and he led by serving others. And now even corporations are realizing, wow, this kind of leadership is powerful. As a matter of fact, it has risen to the very principles of how the most successful companies on the planet operate and profit. Smart leaders are realizing how wildly successful their organizations can become by tapping into this colossal power that is generated from humanizing situations. And that seems to be in the, in the last year, truly the buzzword of how we can relate to people, how we can look at them as human beings, literally putting people above profits, discovering shared values, using freedom uh, where people have autonomy and choice. We're giving them the ownership. We're being authentic. We're truly finding that space and that time for community and collaboration to accomplish shared goals. A leader with a servant's heart is truly an invaluable asset, and everyone in a leadership position 
should seek to adopt this type of mentality. So as you go back to um, thinking of how you're telling people to, to do the dishes or how you, your expectations of what the dishes should like, look like in the dishwasher, keep that in mind. When we use the servant leadership model, research shows there is high trust and high employee engagement. So if we're telling our kids to put the dishes in the dishwasher and they can just do it their way, we're not going to go back and redo it or we're not going to go back and start dictating how it should have been done differently, then they might just maybe be more likely to put those dishes in the dishwasher without whining and complaining, knowing that you're not going to either do it all over again with your perfection or you're going to come down on them and it just shuts them down. So what does this look like? On our own, who wouldn't rather be a ruler than a servant? When we rule, when we dictate, we get things done, we get it done quickly, and we feel like we're in control, so it makes us happy. I remember one time I was um, training this particular module on servant leadership in a class, and a guy in class raised his hand and said, I disagree with you. I don't think you should serve others when you're leading, people will think you are weak. They won't respect you if they can walk all over you. And I went on to ask some powerful questions at that point and had a lot of class participation. And it was really interesting how we see servant leadership, how we truly do see that, that that's a weak perspective. So I went on to clarify what servant leadership is not. And it's not about not leading with courage. And I, I think I just did a, a double negative. But you, you definitely, servant leadership isn't making excuses. If you're failing to give direction or failing to, to be held accountable, that's not servant leadership. It is not being passive. You are not being a doormat. It is not about being a people pleaser and having to make certain that everyone is happy and it's it is not just doing what followers want to do and let's go back to what we were talking about in the bible the bestseller book that's out there several times in the gospel jesus spoke of a different kind of leadership usually ending with a poignant summary if anyone wants to be first he must be the very last and the servant of all. And he talks about that in Mark 9:34. I just want to throw out some other quotes um, beyond scripture. Oswald Sanders summed up this thought by writing, true greatness, true leadership is achieved not by reducing men to one's service, but in giving oneself in selfless service to them. Also, John Stott has written, leaders have power but power is safe only in the hands of those who humble themselves to serve. Well, last week, Lisa and I went over SMART goals. And now what I'd like to do is we're going to take that SMART goal and use this with being a, a servant leader. So if you're around a pen or if you're driving and you happen to have um, – you're, you're listening to this on a, a, a podcast, and you can go ahead and dictate into your phone while you're driving. I know that's not such a great idea, but you can go ahead and write down your SMART goal is I want to be a servant leader. And when we, once again, when we put down that SMART goal, the S in the SMART is specific. So that's the what, 
why, when, and how. So the what on I want to be a servant leader, ask a few things, three things there. If you are leading someone, they need to know if you like them, if you value them, and if you want them to be successful. So once again, those three things, do you like me? Do you value me? Do you want me to be successful? And if I can answer all of those in a big, huge yes, then you are being a servant leader. Now let's break that down and go with the why. It's a weird concept, but the most, once again, successful leaders is when we make others, and, and I, I'm sorry, I'm going to repeat that. The most successful we make others, the, most, the more successful we become. So let's talk about the how. And I'm going to go with five steps on how we do this. The first one, communication, is leadership. And often we don't realize that listening is actually communicating. When we're listening to our team, when we're listening to our family, when we're listening to our spouse, this is the best kind of communication that we can possibly um, provide. Managers tell leaders listen. And that is such a great thing to write down because managers tell people what to do. They dictate, but leaders are actually going to listen. Not only do they listen, but they listen with empathy. They are truly putting themselves in other people's shoes and they can understand what's going on, where this person is coming from. They're not just listening with their filter and their values. They're truly being present and fully encompassing what the person is saying. So the number one on the how is communication is leadership. Number two, being transparent, being vulnerable. And I, and I know we, we use that a lot. Oh, we need to be transparent. And being transparent as a leader is sharing your situation and, and your failures. When someone comes in, and you need to talk to them and they're they're over here because they feel like they just had an epic fail. They didn't hit their deadlines. They weren't able to um, provide whatever they needed to do in a presentation. They weren't able to do the research, whatever it is. It's one thing to listen empathetically, but to also even share your situation of a time that I totally understand. I know last month I really struggled to hit my deadline. And, and, you know, if you're, if you're continuously enabling a team member, that's one thing. But if you can truly build that person up and once again, you're listening with an empathic ear and you're also sharing by being transparent, being vulnerable so they can understand, hey, this person gets me. They, they truly have been in my shoes. So number three is empowerment. Literally stop talking. Stop telling and ask them powerful questions. So what empowerment means here is to get their involvement and ask them questions so they can come up with the solutions. It's not just you sharing what you would do. So it's the, those what questions. What would you do in this situation? What could I do that would help you be able to get this presentation in on time or to get the research done? What can we do as a team 
to figure this out so we can collaborate and propel this thing forward. Often we have the answers, but really good servant leaders will just pause, empower the, the team member, empower the employee, empower the family member to come up with those solutions. And on that note, we are going to go into a commercial break. So once again, we are talking about servant leadership and we're going to come back in and talk about the how to hit our SMART goals. This is Girlfriend on Togginap. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on GirlfriendIt.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend It. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriend It Radio right after these. My husband and I were in youth ministry and knew nothing about church planning. But as we felt God leading us to start a new church, we were connected with Stadia. They gave us coaching and personal care, giving us the confidence that we needed. They even have a ministry called Bloom that's designed to support me as a lead planner spouse. We now lead a church in Cleveland, Ohio that's transforming lives, and we couldn't have done it without Stadia. Stadia plants churches that intentionally care for children. We won't stop until every child has a church. For more information, go to stadia.cc. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. When it comes to exercise, don't overdo it. Some people push so hard for so long that they just burn out. And it's estimated that 10% of all exercisers experience burnout at one time or another. I monitor my clients, watch their workouts, and tell them to listen to their bodies. If you begin to feel more worn out than energized, despite your best exercise effort, it's time to scale back your fitness routine a little. Remember that your body needs time to adjust and adapt, and that the progress of exercise is made during the recovery period. If you don't give your body proper rest, you may find that you're taking one step forward and two steps back. Keep your exercise moderate and enjoyable, and most importantly, keep it consistent. For the Fitness Minute... I'm Annette Hammond. Visit our Facebook fan page at Fitness Minute with Annette Hammond. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio. A chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. Welcome back. Once again, last week, Lisa and I went over SMART goals, and now we are going to use them in how do we become or how do we continue being a servant leader. And so our SMART goal for this year is I want to be a servant leader. What does that look like? What's the what, why, when, and how? And we were going through the how. And first of all, communication is number one. Listening is communicating, making sure that we're empathetically listening and number two is being transparent and vulnerable sharing your situation with them to where they don't feel like uh, they're just the 
the weird one that, you know, always is dealing with the failure. But no, we, we all go through this and share your story. The third one is empowerment. And uh, Ben, our producer, was just talking about that on break, how using that with his son, where we have to truly stop talking. And it's okay to have those those moments of, of silence to help them think. And we might guide them in the in the route where we want their involvement, but asking powerful questions to get them to think because they walk away feeling really good about themselves because they came up with the solutions. So how can you be relentlessly positive and yet solution focused when it is their idea? Because often we'll stop talking and we want their involvement. We want to ask those powerful questions, but if it's not the way that we want them answered or if it's not the way that they want we want their involvement we have a tendency to go mm, no 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 that that's not going to work rather than letting them fail letting them try it that way and then coming back to the table and brainstorming again going okay that didn't go so well what can we do differently where do we need to to tweak this but once again you're empowering them to find the solutions and whenever you can help others lead better, then you are going to be a powerful leader. And it goes back to the what. What does it look like being a servant leader? Is when people that you're leading and having influence over, they can answer these three questions. Do they like me? Do they value me? Do they want me to be successful? So if you're asking someone for their involvement, and you keep telling them, no, that's not the right answer, they start feeling like you don't like them, they don't feel valued, and they feel like they, you don't want them to be successful because they don't feel successful. They feel sh like they're going to shut down because everything they suggest is not good enough. And number four in the how is building up their self-esteem which once again goes back to, do you like me? Do you value me? Do you want me to be successful? When we are praising others and we're building up their self-esteem, they know that they matter. Um, research shows that there are statistics out there, 85% of employees, no one gives them feedback and they would love to have their leader come alongside them and let them know what they do matters. So 85% want to know they matter. When they know they matter, that builds their um, self-esteem and obviously uh, productivity goes up and everybody, you know, when praise is involved, everybody is a happier employee and that just keeps spiraling and snowballing forward. So that's where EQ comes in, emotional intelligence, uh, body language, how you're giving someone um, praise, all of that really, truly does matter. And uh, I just want to go back to uh, scripture here where Jesus praises the character of a trusting servant, where real and powerful servanthood starts by, by recognizing the power of others and truly looking at their potential. And um, back in scripture where the centurion soldier came to Jesus asking for help and uh, Jesus uh, came to him 
and says, my, or I mean, the, the soldier came to him and said, my servant lies at home, paralyzed, suffering terribly. And Jesus said to him, shall I come and heal him? And the soldier replied, Lord, I do not deserve to have you come under my roof, but just say the word and my servant will be healed. For I myself am a man under authority with soldiers under me. I tell this one, go, and he goes, and that one, come, and he comes. I say to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed and said to those following him, truly, I tell you, I have not found anyone in Israel with such great faith. And that's in Matthew. And this story is so significant. It has such a significant meaning because here he is a soldier who has authority and power at his fingertips. I mean, literally, he has power over Jesus, yet he placed himself under the authority of Jesus. And this encounter with the soldier, um, he, he was willing to place himself under that authority and the leadership of Jesus, much like a servant would. And in this perfect example of a humble servanthood, it also had a result that Jesus said, truly, I tell you, I've not found anyone in Israel with such great, great faith. And then he healed his servant. Um, so once again, being able to look back into scripture and see how Jesus led others. So um, with that, going into building self-esteem when here you have Jesus telling you what a great, amazing, what faith you have. When we take the time and it takes 30 seconds to literally tell someone what a great job and hopefully being specific with exactly what they're doing. When Jesus told the soldier, he said, you have great faith. And it takes two seconds to go. You are doing such a good job with that presentation I enjoyed it when you said X, Y, and Z, or it was powerful when you told the client this, or I appreciated the way you were training Joe in yesterday's session. It takes literally 30 seconds to say that sentence, and yet when we build others up, they feel so empowered, and they know that they matter. So Put on that, I call it that smize, when you can bring that smile into your eyes and let people know how much you appreciate them. And that is powerful in being a servant leader by praising others. And number five is the action steps. And this is where we have a tendency, the follow-up is where we drift. Often when we're talking to someone and we're leading them, we might go through and communicate and listen we're very transparent. We'll share our situations with them. We'll share our failures with them. We empower them. We give them autonomy. We give them choice. Uh, we ask powerful questions. We might build them up, make sure we're maintaining their self-esteem. And then we forget to do the action steps. You know, what does that look like? That was a great thought. I, I love your solution. Now, what does that look like? And we can either do that in a smart goal by say by actually saying, hey, let's put it on the calendar. In one month, you'll be able to do X, Y, and Z. Or in one week, you can do you know, this and let's back up into it. But we often fail on the action steps. So that leads into our smart goal. We have our S is specific that we want to be a servant leader. And the M is the measurable. So let's go into your calendar right now. 
if you have your phone available or if you just want to write that down, but I would highly suggest going into your computer calendar, maybe you, maybe you use a paper calendar and have it a six month goal, have it a one year goal from today that how am I serving others? So write it down and how are we going to measure that? What I like to do is go out 90 days and then do a back back into that and then go a month prior, how am I serving others? Then, so let's say you did June 13th, then you go into May 13th, April 13th, etc., and actually put it on your calendar so you have a visual. Without a vision, people will perish. So have a vision in mind. Vision leaks, so you have to keep reminding yourself, where, where am I with this? How am I doing? Every month, do a checkup. It's like brushing your teeth. You have to do it every day. If you only went and got your teeth cleaned once a year, whatever your insurance pays, maybe it's twice a year, your teeth are going to fall out. But if you go into it knowing I'm going to brush my teeth two to three times a day, um, that's where you get some really cool, clean, hopefully white teeth. So how are you measuring this? And are you able to do it every day? Our next one is the A, which is our achievable. How are we achieving this? What are my obstacles? I like to look at it as if it was good enough for Jesus, it's going to be good enough for me. So go through the motions of mixing and stirring Jesus up in this bowl of how am I serving like Jesus? And once again, Let's go through and go, what are my obstacles going to be? And I know for me, my obstacle is me. It's really easy to get in the way, to start controlling, to start telling people what to do, and not planning ahead to ask those powerful questions. So maybe take some time to sit down and go, what, what would those powerful questions look like? What do I need to do when I'm leading others to truly be in a state, a state of that servanthood and asking those questions? Then it goes into relevant. Is this goal, um, am I really going to have results here? Ask yourself that question. And what would those results look like? Once again, you can start out, what would the results look like within my family, within my workplace, within my community? And maybe it's even globally. And the time bound for your SMART goal, we already did that. The time frame, whatever you wanted to do, if it's 90 days out, if it's one year out, and then back into that. And with that, we're going to take a break and we're going to come back with some other principles on how we can lead and be a servant leader.
This is Girlfriended on Togginet. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on Girlfriended.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend it. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriend it Radio right after these. We were thriving in a youth ministry when God clearly called us out of our Bible Belt comfort zone to plant a church in California. Stadia's 90 plus percent success rate gave us all the confidence we needed. They also cared for us through amazing support networks to encourage us like Bloom, a one of a kind ministry for planters' wives. It's here I find deep friendships with like-minded gals who want to change lives. Stadia plants churches that intentionally care for children. We won't stop until every child has a church. For more information, go to stadia.cc. It's merging like me, when you've finished dining at a restaurant, you hate waiting and waiting for the check to arrive so you can pay and get on with your day. I admit my rocket, as my kids call it, starts going off, and my husband always wants one more cup of coffee, and I'm ready to go, wiki wiki, let's go. It's not that I'm tense, I'm just terribly alert. My husband always has a cup of coffee in his hand, so much so he is wearing out the handles of our coffee mugs. But then again, he's not as bad as the French writer Voltaire, who drank 70 cups of coffee a day. I can't drink coffee before going to bed because I get too wadgety. My husband, on the other hand, can drink several cups of joe and go right to sleep. And I'm not talking slumgullion. That's weak coffee. It's I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words-you-never-heard vocabulary with my new app, Too Funny for Words. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio, a chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. Okay, we are talking about servant leadership. What does that look like? And we are now going to go into four principles. And there are so many principles when we're talking about servant leadership. But I try try to limit it down just to four so we can hit it in one segment here. And number one is respect. We have to earn it. Often we get promoted in, you know, at work or all of a sudden we get this, you know, new job where we are a supervisor or we are um, a manager. And we think because we have that title, we can go right in and we don't have to. It's it's not like, in other words, it's not like the new iPhone 10 that comes with options of a charger or an auto box and the warranty. Uh, we have to earn it. It's it's something that you can't. Uh, I'm trying to think of. There was an example where President Roosevelt had a maid, and he needed a, a new position for. Um, and, and I'm I'm going to mess this story up, but anyway, the maid said that her husband should be able to take this new position, and he he said. Right now, your husband isn't in a place where he's influential. You know, people aren't following him. And she said, no, 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 no. If you give him this title, then he will have influence. And he said, no, let's see where he has the influence. 
and then we'll give him that title. And so often we, once again, we think because of that title, we can go in and we start telling people what to do rather than taking that position, listening and earning that respect. So have courage, lead by example, earn the respect and let others see you serve and encourage them to join you. And it can be as simple as, you know, we're talking about serving in an organization, actually doing the things that we're asking people to do. But we can also use examples outside of the organization to serve. And, and especially right now during the holidays, you know, are you organizing any areas where you can be serving? Maybe it's adopting a family. Maybe it's having, you know, Everyone clean out their their library or their closet, you know, giving away books to the library. Uh, so not only serving in your body of Christ, but out in your community. So service, provide it, put others first in defining how you lead and then fulfill that role. Number two, the second principle is invest in your people. And this comes down to even knowing their name. I've worked with leaders where they might have, you know, 10 people that they're working with, and some of them might have 300 people that they're leading. And one gentleman I was just with last week that I was coaching, he knew every single person's name. And I was so impressed with that because it's easy. He had 300 people that he was leading, and it's easy to go, oh, that's just too many people. And I know their face, you know, I recognize them, but there's no way I can remember all their names. That is powerful. There is something in a name. And when people use your name often, it's so powerful. So the biggest investment you can make in your, your people is knowing them. If you really want to grow them, you're going to know them. And one of the, the ways you can know them is by your time. I, I know I, I recently was talking with, with one guy, and he just went on and on and on about his boss. And I said, exactly what does he do that you, if you could say one thing that he does that you just love in the way he leads you? And he said, he comes by every morning to say hello and to find out how my evening was, find out how my weekend was. He goes, I just know he values me. And, and we think, you know, it's all these other things and how we lead. But a lot of times it's just investing in our people and giving them time. Um, people want to know that you care. And we've all heard the famous quote, they don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. It is crucial that leaders know and understand, truly understand the meaning behind this, this quote. Being knowledgeable, being the smartest person in the room, being the smartest person in the meeting does not make you a good leader. Being caring does. And that's where the EQ comes in, that when you're looking around, when you're actually seeing where people are hurting, where people feel like, they're, they're shut down and you come along and you ask them powerful questions. So some of that comes in with mixing in some humility, uh, get used to humility, remove your ego enough to learn from others, your team, your customers. Um, often as a leader, we don't admit mistakes and it's okay. Go ahead, admit your mistakes and then ask them what you can do differently. Some of the best leaders I've had have actually said, what's one thing I can change in this meeting? What's one thing that I can do 
differently. And you respect them because they really are trying to learn. They're trying to learn from their team. As a parent, um, I know I've shared this story before, but when my son was 11 years old, I was out running with him. And he actually said, Mom, am I doing okay as your son? What's, what's one thing I can change? And that created a great dialogue to where we were able to have those conversations for me to ask him, hey, how am I doing as a mom? What's, what's one thing I can do differently? And, and with that, there's a great book called Ego is the Enemy. And I, I highly recommend that because we don't even realize often how much we're letting control and ego get in the way as we lead others. So a leader who shows his or her team that they care will not have to worry about loyalty or poor customer service. Because when I know if you're leading me that you like me, I know you value me, I know you care about me, then it changes the way I come to work. I know my, my daughter just came home last night, literally uh, last night with this whole bag of she works at Aquatots and they are an amazing organization and they had given her like a hoodie sweatshirt that had Aquatots. Um, on it. They gave her lip balm. They gave her uh, a, um, an Amazon gift card. They put Christmas stockings on the wall with all of the their names on it. So she has Coach Paris on her little stocking because they're swim coaches. And that's impressive. Talk about instilling loyalty. Um, it, it's just just her sharing that, you could just tell she was just smiling from the inside that she brought that bag, had to show me everything that was inside. And that that's an organization that truly is pouring into their employees, which leads to the next point. You are privileged to be in a position where you can direct, shape, and focus the potential of people to a specific result. And that is one way you're, you're doing it as a leader um, just by pouring in to your your team, pouring into employees, and instilling that loyalty by looking at it in a way of this is a privilege for me to be able to do this for you. And that leads to our next principle of having gratitude. When you really look at it as this is an honor, it's a pri privilege, being thankful for the role that you are in and that you've been placed in this position to lead others what an honor. And, and share that gratitude to the people you lead for the work and the sacrifices they, they make. And I know at home, as, as my kids were growing up, I would just keep reminding them, when you wake up in the morning, what are three things that you are thankful for? You know, what, what are we grateful for? And, and often it would be, you know, the same things over and over again. I'm thankful for my family. I'm thankful that I have food. You know, they would just go through. But that's okay. Because once we're doing that, when we get our mind thinking about what we're grateful for, it actually changes the chemical reaction in the way that we create the drip in our brain. And it, it makes you start focusing on positive things rather than negative things. So having that gratitude as a leader that you are able to even lead this team. One of the things to be grateful for is that you have that person's time and let them 
Let them know how much you appreciate their time that they come in. Let them know that you truly appreciate their efforts. You appreciate their hopes and their dreams. Find out what their dreams are. Maybe even sit down and go, let's do a, you know, some smart goals with you on how can you be you know, the most successful in this organization. Maybe it's not working in that specific department, and that's okay. Help them get their dreams and, and, and help them with that. Help them with their ambitions, um, a, per, a person's thoughts, their insights, and especially a, per, a person's sense of self and worth. And that comes once again in giving them praise for their efforts, taking that time to build up their self-esteem. So let's go back and um, get into our fourth principle before we are getting ready to take a commercial break. And that fourth and final principle is having humor. Have fun. I add humor to this list because without humor, Everything becomes apathetic, it becomes dry and stale and bland. And as a neater, as a neater, as a leader, you need to be able to laugh at yourself, find funny situations and help others do the same. Um, I, I know there were times my, my mom would come in and we would be eating breakfast at the breakfast table and she would just start laughing really hard and we would think, okay, is she going crazy? What's the deal here? But when you hear people laugh, you start laughing and you want to be in a company. You want to be in a place of work where people laugh more. If it's all, you know, just there where it's, I don't know, what's that? All, all work and no play makes Jack a dull boy. Then it, it's not the fun place to go. You want to have those relationships where people truly enjoy coming to work, especially when you realize how much time that we put into work. Often we're with our, our employees, our coworkers, longer than we are even with our family members. So why not have a blast when we come to work? So with that, we're getting, right, getting ready to go into our commercial break, but those four principles, once again, um, are respect. You have to earn it. Invest in your people, have gratitude, and find that fun and humor. And with that, we're going to be right back after this commercial break. This is Girlfriended on Togginap. Don't forget to tell your friends to check it out on Girlfriended.com. It's time to discover it, connect it, propel it, Girlfriend it. And we'll be right back with more Girlfriended Radio right after these. My husband and I have always wanted to plant a new church. After 10 years, God finally affirmed that in us. We thought we were on our own. We never imagined that there was an organization that could partner with us. That's when we got connected with Stadia. They have incredible systems in place to support our family, including a network designed specifically for me, the spouse of a church planner. We could have never done it without Stadia. Stadia plants churches that intentionally care for children. 
we won't stop until every child has a church. For more information, go to stadia.cc. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. Even though the numbers are a little better, our country is still in crisis when it comes to childhood obesity. The numbers of overweight and obese children are staggering. It's time to get serious about conquering childhood obesity and really obesity in general. There are so many reasons why weight has a significant impact on the medical, emotional, and social health of people of any age. But many people do not know that if you are obese with a body mass index over 40, you have a 50% greater risk of death from cancer than those of normal weight. Obesity is associated with 20% of cancer deaths in women and 14% of cancer deaths in men. Let's get serious about exercise and healthy eating and obliterate obesity. For the Fitness Minute, I'm Annette Hammond. Visit our Facebook fan page at Fitness Minute with Annette Hammond. Welcome back to Girlfriended Radio, a chance for you to let your hair down, curl up with a mug of whatever you love, and have some nice girl talk. It's Girlfriended, the radio show on Toginet.com. And now back to the show with your hosts, Patty and Lisa. Welcome back. We are talking about servant leadership. And how do we do that? How do we truly lead others by, by serving them? And there was a great quote from Tut Colorado talking about the future of your future is servant leadership. And he mentioned, do you know how to get really good at swimming? You swim. Do you know how to become a better servant leader? You serve. And once again, this is hard to do because we don't really care to serve others. We want to lead people. We want to tell people what to do. And for whatever reason, if we know how to do something, it just seems a lot easier just to do it and tell others how to do it rather than taking the time to truly serve them, to develop them, to help them ask powerful questions, to get their involvement and truly have them become leaders uh, as well. With that, I want to talk a little bit about some great CEOs that are out there that have used this model of servant leadership. And one of them is Melissa Reif. She was the CEO of the Container Store. And the Container Store remains one of the best places to work and to shop in America. I don't know what the ranking is on the uh, Fortune's uh, 500 best companies to work for, but I know that she talks about doing nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility. And her focus of servant leadership is the reason why she has had so much success as the as a CEO. And she goes with a lot of, you know, Ken Blanchard and his new book on servant leaders, where we ask the question, how's it going? What are you learning? What are your goals? And how can I help? And I, and I think the biggest one there, if we're truly looking at being a servant leader, is asking our teammates, how can I help? And often we don't ask how I can help because we don't want to know how we can help because we're so busy. 
we get promoted, we get into these positions because we've been really good at our job and what we do and those competency skills. So we keep moving forward, doing the same thing, going back because this is what we feel good at doing are these skills. So we can't help others in accomplishing and becoming better at the skill set that they're working towards. So once again, from Ken Blanchard, how's it going? What are you learning? What are your goals? How can I help? Um, I also, uh, uh, Campus Crusade for Christ comes up with a test for servant leaders to be able to ask yourself these questions. And I'm going to go through some of them here. Would your students say, we want you to serve us best by leading us? Do those under you feel valued and esteemed? Are their contributions recognized and appreciated? Are you using people to accomplish your goals or working together to accomplish God's goals? Are you serving your followers or trying to impress your superiors or protect your position? And this is a big one. You see this often even in meetings. Are you truly trying to impress your superiors or are you protecting your teammates? And this is where you come along and you want so badly to impress that it sometimes you even take what other people are doing and you use it as if it was your idea. And that is like putting a bullet in your brain if you're going to start doing that in organizations. Always give everybody else the credit where credit is deserved. Don't take other people's ideas and act like they're your own. Are you willing to do whatever needs to be done regardless of your position or platform? And I know forever when um, I went into my first job out of college was to be a flight attendant. And I remember thinking that I'm going to, I'm going to do whatever it takes because I was so excited to be working in the airline industry. But as soon as there was a situation where we had to go clean the restrooms, it was like, eh, I don't really want to do this anymore. And what is your attitude on that? Is your attitude really in a situation that you'll do whatever needs to be done regardless of your position? Are more followers becoming servant leaders as a result of your servant leadership? So the big question, look around you and go, who am I developing? Who am I putting in that position that they could take my job? And once again, we fear losing our job. So the last thing we want to do is develop others to be able to replace us. I know one of the things Lisa and I did when we put our teams together we would say, look around you and find that person, literally hunt for that person that can replace you. So have them, de well, develop them, have them shadow you and ask them the right questions that um, will help them get their involvement and be able to empower them. And it truly is, that is a difficult thing to do is to develop others to take your position. And it goes back to the beginning of the show. We talked about the more successful that you help others become, the more successful you then become. So are your followers reaching their potential? Are they learning? And are they serving? Are they growing? Once again, are you building leaders or are you building followers? Who could replace you tomorrow? And I, I like to look at that as are 
you seeing them for their potential and and you're being honest with them and where they can grow. Um, several years ago, I was asked to go into prison to to train. Uh, there were a hundred uh, murderers and rapists. They were going back into society. And when I was asked to go speak, I remember thinking, uh, this isn't something that I really wanted wanted to do. And the reason that I was being asked is because of my mom was murdered and they wanted people to understand and see from a victim's perspective. And it was in a training class that I had went through where someone had said, look at everyone for their potential. Look at everyone as a 10 and they will feel that from you. They can tell if you're looking at them and you're looking down on them. And it really changed the way I showed up. When we show up and we look at that those team members as a 10 and they know that we really see where they matter, that we, we praise them in such a way where it's building them up, it changes how they do things. It Once again, it changes the drip in their brain and they show up smarter, believe it or not. When they know that there's someone that's an advocate of theirs or someone believes in them and someone sees their potential, then we show up and we produce in a smarter fashion. So the next question, are you and your followers accomplishing organizational goals? Are you just going through the motions or as a servant leader, are you sitting down with them and going, what are the goals here? What's the vision here? Once again, vision leaks. Are you saying it over and over again in every team meeting? Do they know why they're there? And the why is bigger than, oh, I'm just here because I make this little engineering gig that helps produce X, Y, and Z. The why is, guess what? This little gig goes into the hospitals and it could save my grandma. It could save my child. It could save my husband. It could save my life. Whatever it is, bring out the why. Let them see the bigger picture on why they're doing what they do. Are you sharing the credit and regularly saying thanks? And we talked about that, truly having that gratitude and not taking credit from what other people are doing. And here are the questions that Jesus gives to measure our greatness not how many people help me, but how deep is my commitment to others? Not whom do I let into the circle of influence, but how long and broad is my circle of fellowship? Not how can I best develop myself, but how intense is my passion to be pure and useful? And those are just some great questions if you were writing those down uh, to be able to, to go back and go, where do I stand? Am, am I pretty good at answering that and taking that survey? Or am I not living up to that speed of being a servant leader? So I want to go back. We just have a couple minutes to the end of the show. And I want to thank you, thank you, thank you for being a part of this as we talk about being a servant leader. Uh, I love hearing from you guys to find out what really stuck out to you, what you were able to um, just look at and go, okay, that really resonates or I need to work on that. 
So as I, as I go back here, questions servant leaders ask, and this is by Ken Blanchard, is how's it going? What are you learning? What are your goals? And how can I help? And when we get into the what of how we can be a servant leader or the how to be as uh, is communication. Communication is leadership. Once again, listening is communicating. Managers tell leaders, listen. So listen with empathy. Number two was being transparent and vulnerable, sharing your situation and failures with them. So that way they can understand it's that, Hey, I've been there. I've been in your shoes. Number three, empowerment. Stop talking. Stop telling. How are you telling people to when you ask them to put dishes in the dishwasher? Just let them figure it out. Let them have their involvement, involvement, their ideas by asking powerful questions. And even if it means, do you think the dishes will get clean if you pile those bowls up exactly <laughs> the way you're doing it? I mean, ask those questions. Build self-esteem. Statistics show 85% want to know that they matter. Are you letting them know that they matter? And the last one, number five, action steps. What are the action steps to hit our goal? And that's where we really do need to follow up, make sure that we're all heading in the same direction, that we're propelling everything forward. Make sure it's measurable by putting it on your calendar and backing up into that. And with that, I hope that you go into this holiday season, Merry Christmas, and that we can truly lead the way Jesus leads, be it in our family, all the way into our organization. Thank you for being a part of this special program, Girlfriended, the show dedicated to the most important woman you know, yourself. It's the show.